the Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. I don't feel right. Others pay rent to the last night. Some days just bring bad vibes. Some days I do feel like myself. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Remember to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Also, visit theabstractathlete.com or beginagaintoys.com for our Percy King Collaborative Stack Puzzle Art Kits. Really cool last episode here of Season 8 today as I get to speak with artist, entrepreneur, and Nordic skier Abby Drock, and former guest and artist and also a Nordic skier, Hannah Hardenberg. Make sure to follow Abby on Instagram at Endura Athletic and stop by her website, EnduraAthletic.com. Make sure to follow Hannah on Instagram at With Mountains, that's with two S's. Also want to thank Hannah for getting the great band Kai for donating a song for today's episode. Make sure to check them out on Spotify, iTunes, and other streaming services. Let's welcome Abby Drock and Hannah Hardenberg. How are you? There we go. Um, I'm awesome. I'm done. So nice. Yes. That's exciting. Now I get to really start thinking about driving here soon. <laughs> Which day do you leave? I'm actually leaving on Monday because I have to. Um, I have to drive through Columbus to drop off some artwork and it's out of the way, but uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Cool. You know, it's not that far out of the way. And my mom and dad and nephew and his wife and my great nephew live there. So I was, I'm going to stop by on the way back, but I wasn't planning on going on the way out, but she wants a couple paintings and I'm like, okay, we'll do that. So, so Gotta appease everybody. <laughs> I, you know, I'll be I'll be in Yellowstone area like by what like by Thursday next week. So yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. Um, uh, well, I started recording. I always start recording right off the bat. Hi, Abby. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys for doing this. Uh, this I think I said this to you the other day that um. Hannah you're the only the second person I've ever had on twice but it makes I mean it's not it's not a solo one um like the other one was not as well um and you suggested this podcast which I thought was really cool um because it's kind of an extension of our conversation um but hopefully going in different directions as well and um first of all how did you guys meet just through competition yeah. Okay. We skied together on the um, Eastern College Circuit yeah. in and um, for 
those who don't know, Nordic skiing, it's kind of a niche, smaller sport. But um, yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to see if you wanted to do this run with us was because it's like such a um, core piece of my identity. And I don't know, maybe Abby, if you feel the same way, but yeah, it's a small sport. We grew up racing in the East Coast, um, small liberal arts colleges. Um, Abby went to Dartmouth. I, I was going to say, you both, are, you, you both are way too smart for this podcast. So <laughs> this is like no. my Ohio State VCU education is going to be just trampled over, but that's okay. Um, but no, I think like, no. I, you know, like for me, I think I said this to you before, Abby, or to Hannah, uh, maybe I said this last week. It's like, I, I love having different sports on here because it's not just about the the high profile sports. It's about just being physically active um, yeah. and creatively active. And so like mm-hmm. Hannah, you're still in grad school, but Abby, you graduated last year. Was it last year? I, I graduated in 2020. So 2020. okay, coming up on three years out of okay. school. But... I think it's okay. You you're still racing though. That's why I saw you like still, are you still competing? Because I, you did something last, I guess it was two years. No, 2022, I saw something that you yeah. finished top um, five well, or whatever. Yeah, as Hannah was saying earlier, um, with Nordic skiing, if you've been doing it as long as we have, you don't, you're not, you're a Nordic skier. You're not someone who does, who Nordic skis. It's part of your identity. <laughs> um, so I still do some local citizen races and um, was on a team the past couple of years just because love the sport, love the community. And yeah, it's a nice, it's a small community. So it's fun to be a part of and continue to do it. So, so you guys competed like overlapped at Dartmouth, Dartmouth and Harvard. And like, is there, I don't want to say there, is there like, there's obviously races that are outside of the academic world. And so did you compete in those as well? Like over, I mean, I guess you wouldn't do it in the summer, but like, I mean, how does that operate? Like really, I'm like, I'm now digesting this idea of like, it's a very niche sport, like you said, but it's also very much seasonal, like compared to a lot of the other activities. Abby, do you still, um, or did you do races outside of the college circuit? I think you did. Um, I guess Before. I would, it's like U.S. Nat, did you go, like, was that, would you consider U.S. Nationals yeah. outside of the? Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the Dartmouth team went to U.S. Nationals every year because a lot of people try to qualify for international trips. Um, and then sometimes there's some, like, end of season national level races as well um, to compete in. but. Yeah, I guess with Nordic skiing, you just, you race in the winter, but you train all year round. Um, so I don't know if me and, you know, we're ever in the same place, but a lot of college teams all go to like, like one year we all went to Bend, other years, a lot of people stayed at Dartmouth, kind of a lot of people get together to train with each other during the summer too. That's cool. Um, so I, like, I'm curious, like, you're both obviously very physically active. Um, and like you said, I think one of the cool things is like an interesting things because it's that identity thing. Like that's actually something that I, I talk to a lot of athletes about um, on this podcast because growing up, for, for instance, I was an athlete. That's That was my identity, but I was always, always creative. But I would say nobody really knew that um, until like kind of post-athletic career that 
you know, kind of abruptly ended, which happens to a lot of people. So like, how did you guys get individually get into your creative, like Hannah, you're still studying. Um, get, what's your, mm -hmm. your degrees in like, it's not studio art, but it's right. It's... No, I'm getting a master's of landscape architecture okay. right now. So that's, that's okay. within the design field. Right. Um, it has been an evolution of my creative practice and creative identity for sure. I would agree. I think when I was younger, I, I was definitely creative, but I think the athletics took precedent in terms of how I viewed myself. Um, and, um, yeah, like the energy that I was putting towards athletics and sport was higher than my creative pursuits, which at that, you know, in high school and college at that point is you're still, I, well, I'm maybe argue that I'm always still figuring out how to, how to navigate all of that and like express that. And, it doesn't get any easier. Trust me. No, <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> No. no, I mean, and Abby, like, what is your, what did you get your degree in? I, I actually looked for it and maybe you had it somewhere. And I didn't see it, but obviously you have this incredible creative side that is actually, and I think this is why, why Hannah like brought, brought you up is like, you started your own company in uh, 2021, I believe um, called Endura Athletic. And, and so I want to get into that because it, like, I think it's really cool because for me, the idea is not like, and I think you even said something in one of your, like maybe it's on, on your website, something about not athletic. We're not making athletic wear for people at, I can't remember how it was said. <laughs> I'm like getting that all backwards, but it was interesting. Like you're, you're making athletic wear for the athletes, not having clothes for athletes or something like there was some interesting way that it was said. I totally butchered the shit out of that, but <laughs> Um, yeah. So athletic clothes for like real athletic bodies is kind of the slogan. So as a athlete in college and whatnot, I felt like a lot of clothes didn't fit my athletic body. I have pretty strong legs, but you know, we train a lot. So a smaller waist and it was hard to find, you know, running shorts that didn't ride up or that fit my legs and waist. Um, so kind of working around making clothes work with bodies rather than against them. Um, and yeah, so I went to Dartmouth. Um, I was a psychology major, um, but similar to Harvard, Dartmouth is very liberal artsy. So I was able to dabble in a lot of different things, took a lot of art classes, design thinking classes. Um, and then last year, I actually went to apparel design school um, for a year to kind of hone in on that side. Um, also, yeah, similar to Hannah, I feel like in like high school and college, you know, Nordic skiing also took a, took a president over, like that was my extra clicker. So I didn't really have time to do, to do as much like sewing or that creative work while in school. Um, I worked in the costume shop at Dartmouth. Um, but when skiing in school got busy, that was something that had to slide. Um, so it's kind of been fun the past three years out of college, um, to kind of be able to like explore and pursue the you know, the fashion and creative side and artistic. Um, I can also think coming from our backgrounds, um, I felt like at Dartmouth, I could major in studio art, even though I feel like I would have really enjoyed that. <laughs> and that would have been applicable to my future. Um, but kind of the, the way I grew up and was raised in that structure didn't really feel like 
uh, an option, which is definitely kind of stupid looking back, but um, <laughs> but it's kind of like fun to kind of combine that and realize the value that you know apparel and art um, have in the world. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I, that's why I really like that idea of thinking creatively through like an athletic mind though, or an athletic mm -hmm. um, system that you've built up. And again, like it makes sense, you know, like fashion is such a huge component in sports. Like, you know, like, I don't know if you watch the NBA, it's like, <laughs> they have like their, the walk-in guy, you know, like just, it's, it's crazy. Like what, what these guys are wearing and like in such a cool way. And they're like promoting their own brands and different stuff like that, which is like what you guys are really doing as well. Is that, are those your paintings behind you, by the way? Those are actually my sisters. Oh, awesome. Well, that's another quite like Hannah, did I like this is for both of you as well. Like, did you guys both come from athletic families and or creative families or both? Like, obviously, Abby, you have a a talented <laughs> sister. Um, but it's like I, I'm always interested in how like these kind of dualities like connected, I guess. Evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my family is very active. I was super lucky to, um, grow up in the mountains of Colorado where both my parents are doctors and, you know, um, that's where my upbringing really, I really grounded myself in the outdoor community and like my teammates and my mentors were my coaches and, um, yeah, that's kind of where it all spurred. Um, I would say on the creative side, we're all very creative too. Um, my dad actually ended up um, with a bachelor's degree in fine arts before he did a post back for to to get an MD. Um, and all of my siblings are like the most creative people. It's so crazy because we are all so different. There's four of us, and I'm the oldest, and all of them are really creative. Like in spurts and like these really crazy way that ways that we all express ourselves um and it's so wild to like watch that happen in real time because I agree with Abby I feel like on some level not like in a huge way but um athletics or stem is prioritized in a lot of like the way that we think about our careers and what we should be doing and, you know, kind of like these parameters that are being set by like, you know, norms, social norms and familial norms. We're still and stuck in an norms. antiquated system. It should be steam. There needs to yeah. be, there needs to be this art component. Like I, it actually is very frustrating to me. And I, I think Hannah, I told you, and I don't know if I said this to Abby, but like I, I've started classes at VCU where I teach that are kind of mirror what the business does. So I, I have these classes mm -hmm. called art and athletics. So I actually have a lot of student athletes, a ton of them And the athletic department loves what I'm doing. Because again, that, that definition of what you are when you're in school, if you're an athlete, that's what you are. And that's all right. you do all day long. Like I, you know, baseball, we used to practice four hours a day and that's before yeah. going to class and, and you don't have time. And it's like, if you do 20 minutes a day of creative activity, like you'll just actually see like anxiety and stress actually it's reduced and it's not, yeah. I don't want to say it's not brain surgery, but it's not brain surgery. It's just like, it's fat. Yeah. And so like when, when, you know, anytime that like there's cuts in, 
in education. It's always the arts. And it's like, we need to be like prioritizing the arts. Right. And it's very frustrating to me. It's not brain science. It's actually like a natural way of, of existing. It's like the creative part of your self, your identity. It, it needs to happen. Like it, like for me, if I suppress that bad things happen (laughs) mentally, like I'm like in a bad place. And I don't say that to be like, I always have to make something, but I say that because like, whatever it is that you do creatively matters and everyone has that capability. I, I think that's the important part. Like some people, I know Rana, like I mentioned this last time I was on the podcast with you. I, I was like, my friends who are like not creative, who call themselves not creative, they're like, I'll just draw a stick figure and that'll be only the only thing I'm capable of. No, like everyone is so capable. It's the ability to get yourself there. It's like a mindset thing. Yeah. And, and it's practice. Yeah. It's, pra- it's, it's And it's also yeah. that that kind of, I think, and I say this all the time on the podcast, I think so many people think creativity is just drawing or painting. And that is it. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's actually, unlim- this is creative. Doing a podcast is right. creative because there's the call and response mechanism. It's like a blues song, you know, like draw, paint, write dance you know yeah. whatever like there's you know so you know come like be an entrepreneur like entrepreneur like that's creative and there, it's endless to be an entrepreneur so it's like that idea of what we think creativity is also needs to be expanded and it's it's again i think there's there's this antiquatedness i don't even know if that's a word but uh that like still exists in what i think we think creativity is Um, And that's why it's so fun to teach my class because you see these people that don't think they're creative, like start to see it turning and then like, oh, well, I can do that. And, you know, and like having all these people I've had on the podcast, I always say this, it inspires people to go, oh, well, a, a 300 pound offensive lineman makes these beautiful photographs. Well, shit, I can do that then, you know. Yeah, it breaks the norm a little bit. Abby, I wonder, like, because I view you as such a strong entrepreneurial, like, spirit, you have this, like, you had this vision of, like, wanting to start your own company from early on. And so I'm wondering if, like, that, where that started for you, or, like, and also, like, how the, the things you picked up in sport kind of contributed to that. Yeah, um, I guess I want to start my own business for as long as I can remember. I don't remember like when I <laughs> decided that I wanted to do that. But yeah, throughout high school and college, I always kind of had the idea I would start my own business. Um, I didn't imagine that I would start so soon after graduating college. I kind of thought it would work for a little bit and then figure that out. Um, but my involvement in athletics obviously inspired the you know, athletic side, Mm -hmm. uh, because I've always loved clothes and fashion. um, But once I started, yeah, becoming becoming a Nordic skier, (laughs) identifying as a Nordic skier, um, (laughs) I kind of felt like there was, yeah, kind of like a hole in the market of apparel that, or like, I felt like there was products that needed to exist. Um, So shorts that didn't write up, sports bras that didn't chafe. Um, So yeah, kind of the problem solving part of yeah, apparel is kind of what drew me to that. Um, and also like, I love being able to like, well, yesterday I made a, I whipped up a tank top and then I went to a workout class and wore it. So kind of the, <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. So being able to make something and then immediately go out and yeah. test it in a workout is 
um, also pretty fun. I love the functionality in that too. No kidding. Like that's, that's, and you're not thinking of it just for Nordic skiers. Like this is for any sport. Like that's the thing too. It's like, and you know, like that, I think sometimes people design stuff that don't do the stuff. (laughs) They don't understand like what you're going through as an athlete or something. So it's like, it's very, it's personal to you about understanding that, like what works and what doesn't. And like I just said, it's like being able to like just do that that day and like wear it later that day. And like, Oh, well this is, this doesn't work. This does work. Like that's, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Lots of product testing. (laughs) kind of figuring out what what works and doesn't work and yeah kind of designing things for women with with muscles and whatnot so it's kind of <laughs> that's him that, that sounds people. like a podcast name right there women with muscles you could start that i'm just saying yeah. um like so like curiosity wise like this this started in coming up on three years i guess your business um, and like, where, like where you're, you're in Minneapolis. Um, but it's, I have, I assume like product is worldwide, um, or can be ordered. Like, where do you, where do you see this going? Like, where did, like, what's, or maybe it's too early to ask like what your goals are for this, because again, like, I think it's, it's really smart in terms of, that understanding of what works and what doesn't and, and, um, but it's, it's, it is, it is strictly for women at the moment, correct? Yeah. Is that, is that something you want to open up to both genders or is that? Um, I've gotten this question a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I guess as a woman, I'm kind of do all parts of the business I design and make and test. And, um, so I kind of, I feel like I know, how to make clothes for women. I don't know how to make clothes for men. So <laughs> business um, partners, you never know business partners. Yes. <laughs> so if I were to ever do that, I would have a different head of that department. I might even do it under a different name um, because I kind of like having Endura being, you know, it's just for women. It's, yeah. you know, women's apparel first. Um, a lot of different companies do kind of the pinkin and trinket um, kind of method. So it's, they make the men's and then they, yeah make the women's after that but yeah and yeah so I I started Endura two years ago um I did last the first year I was only open for like four weeks and I just did like launches throughout the year so this has been my first year of being open full-time um last year around this time I was in the outside magazine buyer's guide and got the editor's choice award for my stay put shorts um, cause they have a grip strip and they don't ride up and they're longer between the thighs and short on the sides. <laughs> um, so I was kind of like, why didn't anyone come up with this? But, <laughs> um, but based on the, yeah, based on the article that kind of gave me the, you know, kind of like, okay, I've, I've got something and I can keep going with this. Um, and my main goal is kind of just to continue to grow, um, the business. Cause I kind of feel like, well, it's been two years, but it's, my first full year of not being in school. Um, so yeah, kind of expand beyond, I feel like I have the Nordic ski market, expand, expand to the running market. Um, yeah. And continue to grow awareness of the brand. <laughs> and what do you, what, like Hannah, what, what are you like thinking future wise? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I know that's, what a, is, that's a tough <laughs> ass question because I no, still um, I don't still don't know the answer for myself. I'm just you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, it's top of mind. I was just on a podcast with Madeline Dunn, who's a um, motivational speaker, and I met her in Colorado like a couple years ago in process of learning how to sell my own art. Um, it was all about like reinventing yourself. And her podcast is The Madeline Show, if you want to check it out. Um, but it was all about reinventing yourself. And I feel like I'm, I definitely entered a shift. Like last year, I moved from New York, working at a um, landscape architecture firm for two years into school and all of that, <laughs> like all the things that come with that, um, changing mindsets. And so for the future, um, like I'm really interested in um, how design can serve people, specifically landscapes, like open spaces, um, green spaces, you know, like in the urban environment, green space obviously is limited and it's also extremely important and it's also a privilege. So it's also like not equally accessible for communities in, in a city. Which, you know, is is like basically I'm defining environmental racism a little bit there, but um, that's what I'm interested in. And I'm curious about, like, how do you design for people who are not considered in who were not considered in prior designs of a city? So it's like neighborhoods who don't have access to parks, neighborhoods who don't have access to sidewalks, like that kind of thing on an infrastructural level, too. Um, so all of that, I'm learning about all of that in school right now. Colorado is such a great state for understanding that. I think like they, the way that they, like Fort Collins, where my business partner lives, they they're, they just have a really good feel for green spaces and parks and kind of understanding. Now, again, like that's not New York. New York's there, and like how do you? So it's almost like you're thinking about how you adapt already existing spaces in some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's wild to think about because yeah. we yeah. are, you know, there are so many open spaces, but like these major cities, like they're like trapped within their own designs and like, yeah, and they're like, again, like I go back to the word antiquated. It's like these, the way that they were built, it's, they were built so fast without the thought that you're talking about um, and, and, and how. Well, they, yeah, I think there was a lot of thought there. Like I could, you know, there's a whole you know, history about the urbanization of the U.S. specifically and the evolution of American cities in the 20th century is really interesting and ripe with racist systems, like systems that were very intentionally placed yep. so that cities look like the, what they do today. And so it's kind of about like, it's about like rewriting that narrative. Like I'm really interested in storytelling. And so how do how do like physical spaces provide an opportunity for storytelling in the sense that you're re you're you're taking what has happened history the like the evolution of a space or a park or a sidewalk or you know um a plaza and you're reinventing it in a way that speaks towards that history and also kind of provides a future for that space obviously like that's really hard to do so how do you like what does that look like you know and how do you like invigorate the historic precedent of a space? How do you like layer that onto its onto a future design 
that makes the space feel more welcoming and feel like it's a place where people belong, like specific people belong. You know, like how can you provide space that's like people can identify with in the in the way that like I identify it as a Nordic skier, like that's a core thing, you know? Like how do you, you how do people identify with spaces? Is that the same? Is it the same philosophy? Like is it the same core feeling? Or is it, you know, disparate because of the way that cities are built? Because I think people identify with place strongly. I don't know. Abby, I don't know if you have any ties to Minnesota for any particular reasons. <laughs> but yeah, well, it's here hearing you cool hearing you talk about kind of like adapting existing infrastructure, because that's not the easiest way to design. Um yeah it's like architecture is obviously difficult, but doing architectural work around existing spaces um, is very challenging. Or I'm thinking mm -hmm. of it from, if you think of it with upcycling clothing, it's much harder to upcycle a piece sometimes and use the bits and pieces rather than have a blank space of fabric or blank space of materials and kind of work with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I've grown, Minneapolis has great parks and nature but um there's always things to be improved upon upon <laughs> yeah. infrastructure we have terrible public transit um <laughs> that was not thought out <laughs> um but yeah I guess Hannah how do you go about I think maybe you've already touched on this but go about kind of changing some of that existing infrastructure yeah I don't know like do you all have like do you have a, an attachment to places is that is that important to you both or is it is it more about like the people that you're with or is it more about I don't know the things that you're doing I mean I guess I have an attachment to where I was born for the only reason that like I don't necessarily have an attachment to Richmond it's just where I live um, yeah and I actually think and I've actually been talking about this recently I would enjoy being kind of a nomad and just like going out and getting a transit and pimping it out and just driving around and taking pictures. Yeah. And um, I just, cause I actually, you know, like you're coming to visit me in Yellowstone in a couple of weeks. So you understand, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, but I get in my car and I just drive yeah. and I just, I kind of like that, that freedom. Like I hate, you know, I'm very aware like of environment. So I hate the fact that I'm driving um, and, and mm -hmm. stuff, but I, there's something therapeutic to me about that kind of freedom of and, and especially when I get out west like I've told talked to you about this Hannah I do yeah. have like some sort of you know spiritual relationship with vastness and it's just I don't know what it is um and like I think yeah. even like more and more Yellowstone um and that's why I'm so glad we own land out there but Yellowstone is becoming very integral to like me and my art and my kind of like understanding of different things so mm -hmm. but i think that like the east coast thing for me it's like i know this is not where i'm supposed to be it's just where i am not that i hate it but it's just it yeah what it is. yeah i think that's interesting too like it can you know it's it's inventive it can change dynamic come train with us 
creative and athletic training in a box filled with art and sports products, tips and techniques, recipes and collectibles that promote mental and physical wellness. The Seasonal Artist Athlete Box is the next step to a healthier you. Stop by artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com and subscribe today. The Abstract Athlete, where art and sports collide. When I was young, I wished that my I mean, like, I mean, I think think about it in a in a creative sense to both of you. Like to throw the question back to you, it's like the idea of place to me is always like I lived in Paris for four months, and like I I'll never forget the first time I like it was it was like dusk and seeing that sky like it was just this bluish purple thing. Like I can't paint that, but man, that experience is great. And it's like for me, every time I go somewhere, place does influence how I react. I mean, does that for you guys, does that do that? Like, I mean, like, let's say Abby, like you moved to California, would that inspire like a different way that you would make clothing? Probably. But I mean, I mean, who knows? Like, and, and you know, like Hannah, your work, you know, has like a landscape sense to it too. Like, so I'm sure in the, in your creative sense, it, it definitely does not, not just your architecture, but like your, your paintings. Yeah, definitely. I think if I uh, if I lived in California, I'd be it'd be much more summer wear. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely. I mean, in Minnesota, as with most of the you know northern part of the U.S., like the seasonal changes, like that kind of like inspires me in different ways. Um, as in, like once it starts getting cold, then I'm inspired to start doing winter stuff. But the fashion world got to plan advance a little bit. So I have to, <laughs> or like when it starts getting warmer, then I'm inspired to do the summer pieces. Um, I, yeah, I grew up in Minneapolis, was out East for college. And now I'm back here, which has been a great place to grow my business, but I'm excited in the next uh, year or so to kind of explore a different part of the U S and um, see how that inspires me differently as well. Um, Cause I think place or environment or kind of like, seasons or if I'm traveling for something I get inspired to make new things for the trip um so I was to have like a little like before a trip you're like I need to sew a whole new wardrobe <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so definitely definitely feel that as well <laughs> yeah for sure I think if I were to change my environment um it would produce I would produce different stuff. I mean, that's something that I am still exploring. I think it's true though. I think if you like, cause I lived in Colorado, grew up in a smaller town, you know, pretty privileged town, um, really outdoorsy, huge access to, um, the mountains and trails. And, and then I lived in, um, Boston for college um, and then I moved to New York, um, which both were really different environments. And now I'm back in Boston and I have a little bit more time to explore the city. Um, it's much smaller than New York, obviously. But I think the urban piece is interesting because I also relate to like more vast landscapes. I think they're really interesting. Um you know, places people don't go or places people live where that are like so 
small and rural that, you know, it's maybe suffocating or I'm, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, why do people go to live in the city? It's so dense. So yeah, I, I do think like all of that is turning in my brain while I'm doing a painting or like, I don't know, um, meeting with people or um, I'm all, yeah, I'm always thinking about my environment. I do think that it changes depending on, or sorry, the paintings change depending on where I am, but oh. not in a crazy sense. I think it's, I think it's like, I'm still working through that. I, not... I, no, I, I think it's probably subtle, but it's, it's a weird like I think sometimes the subtle the subtle things that we do as creative people come off as these grand gestures to other people or even vice mm -hmm. versa sometimes like it's something you do that you think is small or big that somebody's like I don't understand you know and but I do yeah. like there it, it is thinking about like landscape architecture and spaces and inspiration and I think Hannah we might have talked about this last time is like one of the things that I you know like with our land in Montana is hopefully starting this artist residency. And one of the things I think could be so valuable is like bringing like a group of kids, like from an underserved community that never gets out of their environment, that can go out into this space. And it's just like, that's like life changing, you know, yeah. it's like, and we, that we don't think about those things as life changing until you're there. You know, right. it's like somebody that lives in New York goes, Oh, well, Montana. So what? It's just like blah, a cow or what, you know, and it's like, go out there and see how it affects you. But yeah, it's just on like, it's interesting. Yeah. On like an ephemeral level. Yep. Yeah. No, I just, I don't know. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I guess I feel lucky that I've been able to do these things because I, I don't know that I would have understood that either. Like, so it is, there is like a, a privileged sense to that. Like, I don't, you know, I mm -hmm. don't consider myself privileged, but I am like, I know that, but, and the fact that I can get in my car and drive out there, like I'm luckier than 99% of the people on the planet. And I get that. And it's like, I want to be able to like give that to other people. And I think in some ways that's what my art is about, even though it's not, you wouldn't look at my work and go, that's landscape, but it's like mm -hmm. that, that experience. And it's like, but I want to, like I, with the business, I want to take that to people literally and like see how it actually changes them. Because, again, you know, again, like part of what I think the abstract athlete is about is talking about physical and creative practices for mental health and how it actually makes us better humans. Like I do think like this is maybe this ridiculous statement but it's like if we did both those things every day i think we would be be a better world i mean i just really do and just most people I don't, don't yeah i don't think that's ridiculous i think it's just like not prioritized and also has become a part of a like a a privilege like you know in the liberal arts like i had a professor describe um the liberal arts as um the opposite of illiberal arts meaning <laughs> it's a it's like it's a something that you know you are able to do it's something that you choose to do yep. it's something that you are like free and willing to pursue as opposed to something else that's um required by you to pursue um and so yeah i don't know no i it, I, I agree like it's it's uh it's deep like i don't know a better way to say it because it, it's again i we don't value 
I think we value as, as a society, we value physical exercise, but it's almost like it's, it's vanity in that a lot of what physical exercise is about is about vanity. Like I need, I need to get abs and, and instead of like, I mean, I, I know that there's a health element to it as well, but then like art, it, I think other cultures, I, I talk about this with, you know, international students a lot is like, I think maybe Europe and, and central and Southern South America, like value art or creativity more than we do in the United States. I think we, a lot of this stuff, we just, so many of these things we think, I think are monetary systems. Um, unfortunately, it's like, we don't think about, you know, if you sit down for 20 minutes a day and draw or paint or whatever, that it's just good for you. We've like, well, did you sell the artwork? And it's like, that's really not what it's about. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. Or having a, like hobby or passion that isn't for, yeah, isn't, you're not going to sell your art or sell your, you know, sell certain pieces or, yeah. You just do it because but, you love it. It's just for you. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there pieces? Yeah. Well, are there pieces that are just for you, Abby? <laughs> um, so I also like, I like to sew like regular clothes, like dresses and skirts <laughs> and like, <laughs> um and whatnot so those things are like just for me or like with Endure I create you know my own patterns and stuff but I also like I like buying a pattern online making it exactly as, as is and yeah just wearing that um so that's kind of been a struggle for me is turning my my like sewing is has been my hobby turning that into a business um so far it's been fine I feel like I've been able to find a balance of you know having parts of it that I love doing and parts of it that maybe are a little bit more work, but it's still um, rewarding at the end. Um, but I guess like through having sewing as my works and skiing kind of felt like my job in college now, like skiing and exercising is kind of where I have fun. Like I'm not trying to accomplish anything. I'm just getting together with friends and chatting and exercising. Um, so yeah. Also think at least for like exercising and being active, it's also can have a mental health component of, yeah, just like yeah. getting outside, talking with people. You don't have to be going fast. You don't have to be going hard. Just, yeah. Enjoying the process of it. How big, how big do you want Endure to get? Like, I mean, do you, uh, do you think about that? Like what, like, what is the, the, I don't want to say what's the goal of it, but what, like, where, where do you want it to go? Like, do you want it to be like this international nike kind of a, you know i mean is that, is that um I'm, yeah so definitely not like nike but um <laughs> uh but i do want it i do want to grow it as you know big as i can but i also want to keep things ethically and sustainably made at the same time so kind of balancing that pursuit um also i am growing slowly because i've been trying to you know i've been uh, profitable ever since I started. Um, so kind of figuring out a way to grow that's both ethically and sustainably, but yeah, I would love to have, you know, a much wider audience, um, kind of as a way to help, you know, I, I also emphasize the mental health aspect of, you know, both well-fitting apparel and exercise. So being able to spread that message to more, um, younger girls and women and stuff, um, is definitely, what I'm interested in. So I'm kind of just taking things as they come and trying to do 
things every day that get me, yeah, closer to my goal and continue to grow. I love it too, because it's like, like you were saying that you tried a new um, top and then you immediately wore it for the, the afternoon, like the same day that you made it. I love that because it it means that like it's bringing you a lot of joy to make that piece or I hope <laughs> I hope I'm reading that correctly like it brings you joy and it also um the process brings you joy and it's also something that you are like unafraid to just jump at like you're 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 just like going to go do the thing and I really um that's really inspiring because I think for me sometimes it's paralyzing to be like, oh, okay, so I have these, you know, these things I want to draw, these things I want to make, these things I want to design, they have to be a certain way, or like, you know, I kind of get in my head about it. And I think it's really inspiring to be like, nope, this is just a thing that brings, bring it down a little, like, it's a thing that brings me joy. It's a thing that I love to do, because I enjoy the process of it. And it's also something that, like, I can just jump at like I do you know what I mean like I'm like it's something that you like just immediately go after it's something that you're like I'm gonna make this thing and then I'm gonna wear it for the day like that is really cool that is that is super um you're talking a little bit like you went to art school like that that (laughs) no I'm being serious like that pressure of the thing like they're always yeah yeah and it's like what Abby's doing is it's like kind of just like it's removing that that pressure. And it's just like, I'm just going to yeah, do it. Absolutely. And I think yeah. a lot of times art school, unfortunately, does have that weight of of the thing that it has to matter or whatever the hell that is. And, and it's like, if you can, I, I always tell my students, consider everything a sketch. Even if it's like this big yeah. six foot yeah. painting, it's like, who gives a shit? Just like, because then it like, you just, you remove yourself from that anxiety. Right. Which is hard to do, but it's, it's It's so hard to do. (laughs) Yeah. So Abby, like amazing. I'm just like, I just love it. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm like a little impulsive. So I, if I think of something, I'm like, Oh, I have to do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah. And again, like, you know, the, the tank top I made, I was like, I don't know if I love it, but I can still wear it. Or like you kind of like, I make a couple different drafts of something but yeah I mean I also have like a stack of fabric that you know it's special fabric I don't want to cut into to make something because I may not like the thing um and I guess also with like clothing like it took me I don't know 30 minutes max to whip up this tank top like it's not mm-hmm. it doesn't work out it's not a huge waste of time or materials right. or um, yeah but there Lawrence. are also, there are those projects that you're like this is this is daunting. This requires a lot of, uh, you know, may require a little extra thinking, a little bit more materials, more time that, you know, that gets pushed off a little bit to the wayside. <laughs> well, and, and Hannah, like with you, like kind of the same question that I said to Abby, it's like, so you're going to be graduating next year? No, 2025. Oh, so it's a three-year three program. Wow. It's three. Wow. It's it's two if you have the a bachelor's okay. degree in the field landscape yeah. architecture um i did not have that but i'm kind of glad that i didn't do that but like so, so what like you're you know you're a painter and like a really good painter and how do you see like that balance between the two? like you're you're going to always paint i mean i'm sure or be an artist but like you're really 
shooting for becoming a landscape architecture architect architecture um and so like what like like how you know like you've you you have exhibitions and different stuff like that like do you see that being being able to continue that balance yes there's a lot there um you know I think that I'm not interested in putting my work in a gallery. Okay. Um, there's a lot behind that. I think the gallery model is great for established artists and for whoever wants to do that. I think it can be really limiting for people who are like trying to, for, so my, I guess my philosophy is like, I think that everyone should be showing more of their work myself included like that's that's my main thing i think everyone should be doing something creative and bringing and celebrating it um that's something that i wish for everybody i think that galleries don't always do that and so in my mind my like perception of showing my work is that model and so what i've tried to do over the past couple of years um you know, with folks in Colorado and New York is like figuring out ways how to like get around that. And so um, I've been showing my work with the Shim Art Network, yeah. which is founded by Peter Hopkins. That's how we met. Your, well, that's how we met through Peter. And, and I think his model is beautiful. His model. It knocks down those walls. It's yeah. Anti-gallery. It's um, basically it operates kind of like a subscription to an online database where you can upload your artwork and it is for sale on artsy.net. And then you can also register with a group of artists and show that work either in person and online or just online. So I was doing in person and online in New York. Um, and then I did a show in Connecticut in Bridgeport last year. Um, at Ursa Gallery, a fantastic gallery in Bridgeport, if you're ever around. Um, and so trying to find other ways of like, what feels good about how do I show my art? Like, what? how does it feel when I show it this way? How does it feel when I'm showing it with this group of people? Like, am I being intentional about that? Or am I just trying to um, do it because I'm, I think I should do it that way, you know? So like trying to figure out a way that works for me to express myself to like show my work and you know that's different than selling it also like kind of what we were talking about um well i just think like you're you're saying things i do think are questions for a lot of artists coming up now is like is the gallery system sustainable because again like it's kind of an i, I keep using the word antiquated but it's kind of an older system yeah, like, it is. Like technology is taking over in so many different ways. I don't even want to talk about AI um, and what the hell is going to happen. That, you know, but there's so yeah. many, there's so many things, things are moving so fast. Like where it, it's kind of wild Westy where, where are things heading? Um, is there going to be a balance between galleries and more, you know, uh, virtual spaces and what Peter's doing, um, what we're doing in some ways, like taking, you know, exhibitions to stadiums and and just random places that that opens it up for for different people to like what you're talking about show show your work in different formats and and for me it's like that's an inspiration because mm -hmm. i don't want like it's even funny i talked to 
you know, I'm air quoting art students about galleries and museums. And there so many of them like feel that it's kind of overwhelming or, you know, it's, it's a little bit too much for them. Yeah. It's like, it's really strange to hear that, but I understand, I get that because I remember, I think Han, I told you this when we were on the podcast last time, maybe I didn't, or maybe we talked that, you know, I went to school initially and I played baseball. I was not taking art class, didn't even know I could take art classes. And then I quit school for eight years and I came back and I felt like just the worse than I did when I was an artist, when I was in high school, because I just felt like I was so out of place. I didn't know like art structures. I didn't, you know, I used to call the art studio or what did I, I called it a lab and which I actually, like which actually, it makes more <laughs> sense to me. But my, my former professor who actually is the reason why I'm down in Richmond now, he mm-hmm. would, he would make fun of me because I would just call it an art lab. But it's because I didn't understand these, you know, talking points that we all have in each, whatever field you go into. And this is why I love the class art and athletics that I teach because in art school as as free as we think we are, when you get into that field, it just gets narrow, you know, like the, the talking yeah. points in the way, and no matter what you do in any field, that's what happens. But when you get thrown into another system, it's like your mind's blown because it's like, you're talking to them in a way that they haven't heard for a while and you don't even understand what the hell is going on. And I love that. Yeah. I think it's like to go back to what we were talking about earlier about prioritizing creativity at a younger age, like the gallery system to my understanding, again, like, you know, I'm 26. (laughs) I didn't, I'm not a professional artist to the extent that a lot of my um, peers are, but um, I, to my understanding, like galleries prioritize ego a lot. And I don't, I don't really appreciate that. I don't really, that doesn't vibe with me. I don't (laughs) appreciate it either. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like your, your like, what's that word clout and your reputation has to stand on its own. Um, And I, I don't know, Abby, if you have, if you, if that resonates with you, but like, I think it's more about like showing up for yourself and, you know, like showing up in spaces that are like, again, Peter's model is pop-up galleries. So they would rent out spaces that were being not, that were not being used during COVID and we would show art in them in Manhattan, Um, like small restaurant spaces, but like, I don't know. So I think it's like showing up like Abby, like you showing up at the Berkey Biner, which is for those who don't know this, the largest American Nordic race um, in the Midwest. Um, this huge, huge event. Um, it's really historic. And everybody, like a lot of people in the Nordic community go to that race. And so I think like having your work, having your designs and your clothing at that event, that is in a way showing your art. It's like showing your creativity on a on a communal level and also on a big platform for the athletic community at large, the outdoors community. So yeah, I don't know. Do you see that? Did you see that as like a way to exhibit your work? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm not coming from like the, like as much as like the art space. So it's kind of cool to hear like the gallery versus uh, not gallery discussion. Um, But yeah, it's definitely like fun to like meet people in person and kind of hear people's struggles with apparel um, and talk to people and whatnot and get people to 
have the right fit and kind of give my spiel. Um, actually, so I'm in an artist studio space. So there's a lot of different, uh, there's painters and ceramicists, guitar makers, um, dance apparel, all in my um, building here. So it's fun to be surrounded by other artists every day. Um, and then in a couple of weeks, um, all this, so I'm in a, the area in Minneapolis that I live in, it's in Northeast Minneapolis. Um, it's called the Artist District. So all the different studio spaces around Minneapolis will be open. So people go around to all the different studios and they get to walk into that, that artist space and see their work and buy their work um, or possibly do commissions. Um, so it's a pretty cool event to kind of, yeah, to kind of be partaking in as well as attend. I you I love that. And Hannah, have you ever gone to a an artist residency? Abby, no, I haven't. Uh, you guys should both do that because, but I mean, maybe Abby, you're already in that system where I I always love being around other types of creative people because as much as I like talking to painters, like I want to hear what a musician thinks about my paintings. I want to hear what like a photographer thinks about my paint or what, and vice versa. Like I want to be able to talk to them about their, now I do all those things anyways, but not, not to their extent. Like I don't, that's, I don't know that I'm a professional in anything that I do, but I just do a lot of shit, but I love the conversations. Cause again, it's that, that narrowness opens up in a different way. And so like, you know, Abby, I think that's like really cool that you're surrounded by different creators because it, it could inspire some, like, I mean, you just like said guitar maker. And I started thinking about, oh, wow. Like, could you, could you make like a, a outfit like that is like, looks like it's a guitar for, you know, I'm, I'm like, that's where my brain goes in the crazy way. But like <laughs> that idea of like thinking about different ways to design clothing with those different creatives around you. Like, I think that's what's, I love that shit. Love it. Go look up residencies, Abby and Hannah. I know. I'm telling you. Yeah. There's one in Colorado that's near and dear to my heart. I just I just love their what's it called? Their, it's called Anderson Ranch. Okay. Yeah. I actually it's in Carbondale. To, yeah, I actually applied to a job there once. Really? Got, nice. Yeah, got interviewed and and yeah, it was a disaster after that. <laughs> and I was I was sort of dating a girl up in in Aspen at the time, so it was like please, please, please hire me, hire me, hire me. And they didn't. So, um, no, but that like, it's funny because the, the, the one residency I did in Wyoming called U cross, which you should look up. Um, that's, that was the start of my understanding that I loved vastness in my driving out West 2004 was the first time I did it. And ever since then I've driven out there. I, hell, I don't know how many times, 30, 40 times. And it was because of that experience. And like I said earlier, the the French, I was the residency in in, in Paris that I was in called um, Cité des Arts. Same experience. It's just like, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like place and how it informs us and changes yeah. us and, and different stuff. But it's also people. Like you know, I I'm still friends with multiple people from different residencies. Like, um, and it just like it it seeps into you. And it's, I don't know, it's just cool. Yeah. I think it would um, influence me as a, like, creative person in general, artist side of me, but also, like, future designer, landscape architect side, for sure. 
because we talk all the time about site and site analysis and um, how do you approach a site that already has a history? It's not what people will refer to as like tabula rasa, like it's not an empty slate. It has context yep. and that context is always rich no matter where you are. So yeah, I totally, totally feel that. I don't know, Abby, would you do an artist in residency? I guess I've never heard about an artist in residency, but um, I'm guessing you like go to a place for a little bit and you just like work on your craft. Yep. But Yeah, they give you like, basically you apply and they give you resources and an environment and like studio space and time to produce a body of work or some body, some part of a body of work. And um, usually it's in community too, right, Ron? There's like a couple artists around yep. Yep. doing it. Yeah, like the one in the the one in Paris, there was there was two separate locations. So the I stayed in a the smaller village area, which was awesome, except for I only speak je parle un petit peu, and it was very <laughs> French up there, which was awesome. But um, but the one in Wyoming was really cool because there's only I think eight people, and there's like four visual artists. There's like a musician. There's like a writer. Maybe there's only six, but it also like people change over, you know? So it's like, you'll have like, you'll be yeah. there for like a week. You'll have like same people. Then like a couple people will leave. There'll be two new people come in. So you, you just get this mash of different, different voices. And like I said, I'm like still friends with, um, with a lot of them. Um, mm -hmm. actually, as a matter of fact, uh, this one, one woman and one guy that I was there in Wyoming, like the one guy we were jokingly, talking about buying an airplane hangar and it's like and when i bought the land in montana i literally texted both of them like you're not gonna fucking believe this i got land in montana you know so it's just you know just yeah kind of funny i bet there are specific like i bet there are artists and residencies specific for fashion too oh I, yeah i'm sure, sure. well i think yeah it wouldn't even have to be like just just I, i'm sure you could just get in just by what you're doing you know i think that's yeah. again like those different voices in those spaces is just, I think it's just invaluable. I don't necessarily like doing them anymore because I just like my studio, but like going out of my drives is my own personal residency, I guess. My That's own, cool. I my like own that. private Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, like in wrapping up, I guess, and like what you guys got you have th two more years left of school. You're just kind of starting Abby. Like, are you, you're still both competing to some extent, correct? Hannah's not, you're done. I'm, I'm done, okay. but I'm still volunteering coaching occasionally. Okay. Well, that's cool. You're always a Nordic skier. <laughs> part of you, but like what, me. like where, you know, like uh, and this goes kind of back to that same question like sort of asked earlier it's like you know like what where do you want where do you want to be in five years <laughs> i'll have hannah go first <laughs> you want me to go first okay um five years i want to be um i want to be living close to my people i want to be <laughs> Living also close to um, connection with the outdoors, like a trail system. That's all I need. <laughs> Something. Um, 
I, five years, let's see. I think that, you know, continuing to consistently make things like, I know that's abstract, but it's really important. Like consistency for me is, is the key. Um, so to be, to continue my like practice in a way that is, that's not like, um, it's not too difficult to keep going. Like I, I want to provide that space for myself to be able to make drawings, paintings, designs, like um, to be, to have that space to engage with. And ultimately like working with a company or an office that um, is also trying to do that, but for other people. like. And I assume you're like, even though you're not competing anymore, you're still skiing and you still have a consistent like physical routine. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. School has challenged me in that regard, honestly. Um, it's yeah, it's really rocked my routine, but being able to like go to the college races on the weekend and like go for a ski afterwards is, has been really nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, five years away is a scary question. Um, oh. <laughs> but yeah, I think it will, I would, I'd love to I grew up in Minneapolis, so I'd love to be living somewhere else for a little bit, um, but it's hard to move a business. Um, and um, I've always valued working with other people, um, but I mostly work for myself. I have one part-time employee, um, but would love to be able to hire on a team of people to bounce ideas off, to kind of delegate more of the pieces that I'm not as good at as a business owner. Um, and maybe in five years, I'd love to have a storefront that people could go into. Um, and <laughs> see, those are some badass goals right there. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. Um, I currently do. Well, I have a local manufacturer, but I also do a lot of the sewing myself. To, so a little more outsourcing of the sewing because um, it's nice to be able to keep that aspect of creating and be able to do more of the design work. Um, and then, yeah, I also hope that I'm still creating new and innovative products and solving problems through apparel um, as well as, yeah, continue to kind of have post-collegiately I've kind of been, you know, struggling to find my balance of sport with, you know, life and work. So kind of find something that feels right, whether that's more competitive or less competitive than <laughs> I currently am, but yeah. <laughs> I like that answer actually. That's funny. That's great. Well, no, I, you know, Hannah, like, thank you, like for, for, bringing this up because I, I thought this was going to be fun and it was, um, and it's, it's, it's again, <laughs> Thank it's, you. it's just, it's cool to like, see, you know, like, first of all, connections that you've made, but also just how, you know, like we're all in different spaces, but we're not like, we're all doing the same thing just in different ways. And that, that consistency of doing that and kind of trying to inspire other people to understand that what we're doing is like, it's, it's a healthy thing to be doing. And again, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean it has to be like your career or whatever, but these relationships between physical and creative activities is just, it, it's, it's so beneficial. So. Yeah. Um, it's something I definitely am always thinking about. Hopefully it'll make its way into future projects too. It will. It just will. Yeah. It's just how it goes. Um, and then I always have to, I don't even remember, Hannah, what, what kind of music did I play for the, cause I write new music. Abby, oh do God. Have, do you have a I don't remember. favorite kind of music? 
Um, right now. Okay. Do you know Kai? C-A-Y-E. Yes. This yes. is, you do. Okay. Yes. This is amazing. Um, he grew up in Boston. He's I don't know that I've a ever family heard. friend. Oh, really? You should, you should definitely look at his music. He is amazing. Um, he just finished touring his first album. If you can get younger a, than I am. Do you He's know amazing. him? I know him through my okay. family. Like I'm not super close with him, but okay. we went to a show in Boston, like in March. It was unbelievable. Say, if, you want, if you want to see if he wants to let us use one of his songs, I will do that. If not, I'll probably end up yeah. writing okay. music. Um, it has to be pretty quickly because I'm going to have to, uh, <laughs> I have to get this done because I'm leaving Monday. We're, we're out of here. And, well, uh, I appreciate your, uh, I appreciate you having us on. Given oh no, absolutely. I mean, we can, <laughs> I'll re- ask him. Re- we can redo this. Yeah. But like, um, Abby, do you have any favorite kind of music either? Um, I don't always know a lot about music, but I listen to a lot of indie folk. Okay. Been into a Dean Lewis kick. Okay. You might go to a concert. <laughs> nice. There you go. Okay. Okay. But you should definitely go with uh with Kai or if, Hannah okay. suggested. If not, I'll if not, I'll whip something up because that's just by yeah. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's good. I'm gonna have to go now. back. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to what what I did. I can't remember what I don't I usually I, always, I usually always ask people what kind of music they like because. It's a fun ending part. And I sometimes I ask people what their kind of favorite kind of food is because who doesn't like that kind of question? But um, yeah, so um, but thank you guys. I will um, probably buy. Well, soon I'll have like some promo stuff to email you. And if you have any other like I'll put the uh, Endura site on in the body of the the uh, stuff. And but if you have any other. Uh, sites that you want me to promote let me know like it's unlimited i can put as many up as as needed and um awesome. and um and i'm serious hannah if you want to come out i'll be there from like you won't come out but i'm just telling you i'll be out there from I'm the 12th to the 28th in yellowstone and then i'll be around in colorado probably like after that for a week so if you're back visiting okay. your family um i'll be up in fort collins so in may uh or may, what? May, may june yeah May, June. Yep. Okay. And May, um, I might go back out in July as well. Okay. I'll let you know. I'm slated to be in Maine for my brother's graduation. So oh, cool. it might not work out this round, but it, it would be great to connect in the West for yep. sure. In real life. In real time. I know. <laughs> so, cool. Well, um, thank you both. That was a blast. And um, yeah, thank you. Thanks for holding the space. Yeah. Oh, totally. And if I come through Minneapolis, which I don't know if I'll get up that <laughs> north, I do drive through there. I love that city. It's a great city. We don't have Me the too. mountains, but what's that? We don't have the mountains. Or no, the... no, no, no. But it's it for for bigger cities. It's kind of a cooler one. Thank you. So, so, cool. Really good art scene. Yep. From what I know. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a lovely cool. day. We'll talk Thank soon. you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Just an absolute blast of a conversation. Just love that Hannah suggests this. Uh, love what they are both doing. 
so cool that really they, they connected and you know they have those relationships of athletics and creativity uh, just in such different ways really excited to see where both of them their creative ventures take them uh, again make sure to follow Abby on Instagram at Endura Athletic and stop by her website EnduraAthletic.com and make sure to follow Hannah on Instagram at with mountains with two S's and again thanks to Hannah for getting the great band Kai for donating a song for today's ep episode make sure to follow them or check them out on Spotify iTunes and other streaming platforms make sure to check out the other podcasts on the abstract athlete network the abstract doctors podcast and the abstract veterans podcast and remember to stop by our website the abstractathlete.com and beginningintoys.com to check out our percy king collaborative stack puzzle art kits thank you for listening to the abstract athlete podcast we will see you soon with season nine and as always do not forget to exercise the body. Do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. Let go.